What's up, everybody? It's your boy back here with episode 133 of the Opinion Revolt podcast. I have a bit of a sore throat, so I have some cough drops in, and I'm drinking some water. I'm swallowing a fucking ton. I'll try and edit it out so you don't have to hear it, but just know if you hear some weird shit, that's what's going on. I listened to the audiobook version of books five through eight this week because I just didn't feel like reading it. And I don't want to take as like annotated an approach, but I am going to be just kind of jumping around to stuff that I thought was interesting. Um, this, this section has one of my favorite quotes in all of meditations. So I'm just going to look it up here so I can get it on right on. I, I should have it memorized by now. Marcus Aurelius on grappling. Okay. So, here's what it says. In the gymnastic exercises, suppose that a man has torn thee with his nails, and by dashing against thy head has inflicted a wound. Well, we neither show any signs of vexation, nor are we offended, nor do we suspect him afterward as a treacherous fellow, and yet we are on our guard against him. Not, however, as an enemy, nor yet with suspicion, but we quietly get out of his way. I don't know how many times that's applied to my life. Because of shit like jujitsu. Right? There's this dude. There's this guy at a, where I train. A fellow white belt. Really big guy. Uh, he's taller than me. He says he's not as light as me, but he's definitely heavier than me. I, I, I can tell. He's about 6'3-ish, probably 230. And this guy rolls so unbelievably fucking hard, right? And I, here's the thing. Train hard, but train smart, right? If your training is hurting your, your partners, then... No one's going to train with you anymore, and you're going to isolate yourself and not get any better, right? Because this guy, his mount pressure and his all that shit was so violent that it sprained my shoulder. I have some pretty heavy mount and top pressure, and I've never sprained anybody's shoulder by rolling with them. I may have done that with arm locks or, you know, all that shit. But at the same time, I haven't rolled with that guy since. I might have rolled with him once, but I haven't rolled with him since. Because this guy fucked my shoulder up. A shoulder injury that, in reality, led to me losing a competition. So I can't fuck with this guy anymore. Right? And I didn't say outright to him. I didn't say, cut the shit. I just found at the training partners. I started rolling with higher belts because realistically, if I started rolling with higher belts, well then he can't really say shit because I'm going with other people who have seniority over both of us. So I like this quote because you can apply it to basically everything, right? I use jujitsu as an example because it's almost a direct correlation, right? He's talking about wrestling here. I'm talking about another type of wrestling. But you can do this in business. You can do this in 
education. I know from, okay, let's take an education perspective on it. Everyone has the person in the class who they might, you, you just don't like them. You, you just, you have to work with them sometimes, but you just don't like them. And for whatever reason that may be, right, they might have, I don't know, they might have shitty, whatever, fucking pick something. They might be a shitty student, they might not be very good at the course, they might not listen to your advice, anything. So, when you deal with that person, you can't just say, go fuck yourself. I mean, you can, you, you can, but that's not the most applicable way to handle the situation. Because first and foremost, what we have to remember is that Marcus Aurelius was a politician. He was an emperor. So that he can't just walk around in the Roman Senate and say, fuck your plan, this is the one we're using. Even though he had that power, right? He had to go and he had to he had to play that game because that's what you're expected to do. I mean, the problem with, you know, applying that sometimes is not everyone wants to play the game. So some people do just say, go fuck yourself. But at the same time, how far do those people get, right? You might be able to make an example that super successful businessmen have that kind of no-holds-barred approach. But in the long run, does it always work, right? I mean, the most successful, one of the most successful businessmen wrote a book about how to win friends and influence people. And in that book, it's not tell them that your shit is better and that you know, it's not the direct approach. It's oftentimes the indirect approach. So, I just, I just really, I come back to this one because it's the most applicable quote in this book for me. Now, there's a lot of other quotes in here. I mean, his take on prayer was really interesting to me. His take on prayer was essentially, there's a Greek way of doing it, which is very noble and very short. And it's not this ritualized, you don't go to a church and sit and pray and do all the Psalms and all that. It's, this is the thing you need. And this is how you're phrasing it to your God. And let me pull this one up here so we can get the direct quote. You know, I need to get a USB keyboard because I don't want to have to keep reaching 29 inches. Okay. Here. Here's what he says. The gods either have power or they don't. If they don't, why pray to them? If they have, then instead of praying to be granted or spared such and such a thing... Why not rather pray to be delivered from dreading it, or lusting for it, or grieving over it? Clearly, if they can help a man at all, 
they can help him in this way. You will say, perhaps, but all that is something they have put in my own power. Then surely it were better to use your power and be a free man than to hanker like a slave and a beggar for something that is not in your power. Besides, who told you the gods never lend their aid even towards things that do lie in our own power? Begin praying in this way, and you will see where another man prays, grant that I may possess this woman. Let your prayer be, grant that I may, grant that I may not lust to possess her. Where he prays, grant me to be rid of such, such and such a one. You pray, take from me my desire to be rid of him. Where he begs, spare me the loss of my precious child. Beg rather to be delivered from the terror of losing him. In short, give your petitions a turn in this direction and see what comes. Now, that is a very, it's an interesting take on prayer to me. Right? Because oftentimes people pray for things or opportunities or whatever you might want to call it. And, you know, I've seen this a lot because I grew up in, in a Catholic household. There's times where I feel like prayer can be misdirected. And on top of that, there's times where I feel like prayer is... I don't, I don't fully know what term to use for it. The term that pops into my head is that prayer is perverted from its original purpose. But then the problem is, what exactly is a prayer, right? What, and my definition is this. What you're doing is petitioning the gods to change something that you are struggling with, disagree with, or whatever. Right? But at the same time, and in many religions, the there's specific mention sorry just opening up the cough drop there's specific mention that god or the gods help those who help themselves i'm using the christian example because it's the one i know best but the thing that i have started to the thing that i notice and that it kind of disappoints me is that people use thoughts and prayers and or praying for it or it's God's plan to make excuses for why someone might not have done something or why they can stay in a situation or why they're in a certain situation. And the thing is, I can't stand that because you were designed if we're looking at the theological model with free will. Now, we're going to look at the big three religions of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. We're not going to broach Hinduism, Buddhism, Shintoism, because those have a very different perspective on will and freedom. They, they line more with determinism. But... In the big three, you have free will. You were designed to be able to do what you want. So, here's the question. If you have free will, that to me 
implies that God doesn't have a plan for you in the way you think. Now, the stumbling block here is, how can I know what an extra-dimensional entity that is also a god thinks? I can't. But here's my reasoning. If a god gave you free will, he's, he wants to see what you're going to do with it. He doesn't want to dictate your life. So, free will is, in a sense, its own prison because of what you do with it, right? You have the freedom to do whatever you want. Let's just, in this example, let's just say you have the, the financial ability to do whatever you want. You have the time to do whatever you want. You can do whatever. What you do with that is what dictates your result, right? It's an input-output situation. If you put in sex, drugs, and debauchery, well, shit, you're not going to get a bad output. You're not going to get a good output. But if you live, you know, according to Aurelius, this disciplined life where you're not focusing on the material, you're recognizing it exists and that parts of the material are necessary, but you don't attach yourself to them the way that others do, and you spend your time with generosity and with service and all these different things which appear in almost every religion and philosophy across the globe that's the input that gets you the output you want because here's the thing at least in my perspective the people who get what they want through ill-gotten means typically don't have it for long periods of time and Here's, here's where I'll, I'll address a stumbling point here. Major, major business conglomerations oftentimes get their stuff through ill-gotten means. But the question of that is, is it really, is it really ill-gotten when it's at the time, legal. I mean, we didn't understand as much of the stuff we did about oil in the 16, 17, 1800s as we do now. We didn't understand anything about cocaine as we do now. So the ethics shift. I mean, in the 1800s, cocaine was cold medicine. The fuck are you supposed to do about that? What do I do about cocaine cold medicine? Sam is coming down soon. We're probably going to do a podcast together. We'll be here on the 15th in case you guys wanted to know that. So, yeah, damn it, Pen. I find, and you know, I'm going to relate this to something that's happening in my life right now. I have a family member who is quite sick. They have uh, a pretty advanced stage disease. And the thing is, you know, I was talking to, I was talking to another family member and they were concerned that because the family member in question is stoic, they're not letting out everything that they feel. 
And the thing was I disagreed because Aurelius is Stoicism. He's one of the most prominent Stoics there is. And something like meditations, in my opinion, is something that is really useful to the modern person. And the reason I say that is because we have hundreds, if not thousands, of different philosophies and philosophers and variations on individual, you know, concepts. And for the most part, people don't have the access to it. People don't have the time to sit there and read fucking tomes of information, which partially that's why I'm here. But at the same time, there's philosophies out there that are very practical that deal with a lot of the issues people have today. I mean, let's go back to this, the grappling example. 1800 plus years later, that example is still relevant in hundreds of situations. So if we're looking at a book that stands the test of time, this is one of them. There are others, there are certainly others, and <coughs> I'll be reading others soon. But when we really, really look at it, this, this book is something that more people need to read. And the reason I say that is because I see a bunch of issues in society. A lot of those come from materialism. A lot of them come from this whole, this trend of advancing technology and advancing economies. We aren't really designed for this. And here's, you know, you might say, well, shit, I live it every day. How am I not designed for this? Well, our brains haven't evolved or changed very much in a hundred thousand years since we were cave people. So what is it then that what is it then that makes us any different from them? Right? We have the same issues as people in ancient Rome did. They're just on a different scale and given different names and changed a little bit. So the main thing, the main thing is that, you know what, why does everyone got to blow me up when I'm in the middle of a podcast? I don't know, dude, why people like the rest of the day, I'll get like, you know, one or two texts now, or maybe a few more if I'm having a conversation. Then I load up the podcast, fucking everybody I know is texting me. Um, God damn it. <sighs> okay, so here's the thing. And this episode is probably going to be short because what I covered with this book was, is really just my thoughts on books five through eight, which are, you know, God damn it, dude. Which are practical in, in my opinion. 
what we need is more practical philosophy. While there is a bunch of, you know, uh, Immanuel Kant, fucking Nietzsche, there's a bunch of wild shit out there, which is really hard to understand. I mean, Immanuel Kant is a incredible philosopher, but he is not an accessible philosopher. Because, you know, when you go into Kant, like, people who are PhD-level philosophers have a hard time reading his shit. So, you're telling me a normal person who goes and reads fucking whatever, pick a Kant book, is going to understand it and be able to take shit away from it like they could from something like Meditations or honestly even the Bible, the fucking Torah, or the Quran? They won't. And the reason is... Because it's, it doesn't relate. A lot of Immanuel Kant is metaphysics and ethics and shit that people don't have a practical relation to in their everyday lives. So when you see something like, you know, this example I've been using for the, the entirety of the show, then you have something that's really useful. Because, well, shit. You get you get firsthand experience from someone who is incredibly wise. I'm gonna pause this for a minute. I have to go and fucking I have to go and, you know, get some more tissues and shit. Alright, I've returned and I am fucking dying. So I forgot what my train of thought was there. But I think I'm gonna wrap it up with this one. And I'm gonna tell you guys this. So I've really been playing around with the idea lately of starting another podcast that I do once a week. I don't know when I'd release it, maybe Wednesdays or whatever. And I'm going to take some time coming up with the logos and all that because I know especially with this show, like the logo sucks because I, I didn't have a lot of direction with what I wanted to do with it professionally and have it designed and all that. And I'm going to go get all that stuff done. And then I'm going to try and, you know, I'm really playing around with it to experiment with how new and noteworthy works and how if you promote it differently, the way I want to promote it this time is I want to just go on a bunch of different philosophy shows and, you know, promote it that way when it launches. I want to see what type of audience you could build that way because I love doing this show. And I do, I do want to continue doing it, but I want to see how, if I used a different launch strategy, what could have been different? You know what I mean? And I'm really just playing around with it right now because it's, it's whatever, but I'm going to be doing that in the next, in the next few months here. And, uh, the way I want to do it is just a philosophy podcast that's about 30 minutes long. So it's really short and it's digestible and all that. And I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be going into other other stuff like deeper philosophy cuz I have a bunch of shit here that I've read that I don't know how to really translate to the podcast cuz it's just it's dense shit that you have to really unpack. So I'm going to close the podcast with that one today. And I will see you guys on Friday. Hopefully I have some work schedule stuff that I pull out. But 
I'll figure it out. And I will see you guys then. Peace out.